Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast, the podcast that shows you how to build a world-class service business from the dirt up. And now your host, Mark Stoner. Hello and welcome back to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Stoner. Thank you for joining me again this week. I want to start with a, a really nice email I got from a gentleman. I think I got it actually a couple weeks ago. It just finally came to me. And uh, John, uh, John G, I'm going to just say, if you're listening, I think he is in England, if I'm looking right. Yes, you, the UK. He, he wrote a really nice uh, email or letter to me, and I just want to read it. He said, hi, Mark. I have to say a big thank you. Your content has helped me profoundly from initially seeing your interview on a show that was called Sweeps Radio with Daniel Hodgson in the UK to reading Blue Collar Gold and now listening to your business advice via the podcast. When I first started reading Blue Collar Gold, I had almost crashed my business into the rocks. I had gone for it and just put my foot on the gas and bought a third truck and took on a small stove shop thinking it would all work out through, uh, work through to a good end. Various issues meant 24 months or so later, I had maxed all credit available personally and to the business and had to and was luckily able to borrow some money uh, from family to avoid going under. I had pushed up against all challenges you were talking about, including financial mismanagement. You were talking about including financial mismanagement, which I did, low-grade stuff and moral issues and major resistance from spouse or rowing backwards kind of stuff. And probably... Most importantly, poor leadership of the type you describe, the too nice leader. (laughs) That's a death sentence. It was a scary time and took a toll on me and my family and also to some degree, despite me shielding them as much as possible, the financial impacts were felt. Man, I, I know the feeling. He goes on to say, in your book, you say, as you do in the podcast, to write to write in and tell you your challenges and hopes. And as much as I wanted to at the time, I could not. I was so stressed and I felt like I was failing so badly on the one hand. But yours was the first book I had read where I felt I was in the room with someone who understood the real hands-on reality of what kind of crap can be flying around when you're going through the process of building your business. Mm. In large part, thanks to you, and I cannot overstate how much it has helped me, it has helped for giving me some hope and inspiration plus advice, I have stabilized everything, got rid of some toxic staff, and now rebuilding from the ground up. I do read a lot and always have, so to do, so of course that helps too. The biggest shift I've made recently, which I always want to do, is getting up early and having time for myself before the day kicks off. However, hearing this work for you helped kick the habit of of off with renewed energy doing a 4.30 to 5 a.m. Monday through Friday, which has and remains one of my favorite habits. It's been four months in the making, but it's given me a massive mindset boost and strangely some renewed self-confidence and sense of control over my own life. While I cannot keep talking, I had wanted to say keep this email short and stick to the podcast content idea. Thanks, and I wish all the best, 
And if I can get any more podcast content ideas, I will for sure send them your way. So he has an idea for a podcast and he goes on to talk about it. So I'm actually going to talk about that. I'm going to read into that and see if I can make a podcast out of his idea. I won't do it this week because I've got another idea for podcast. But John, thank you so much for that that uh, email. It means a ton to me and I'm glad I could help in any way. And that you uh, you're stabilizing things and making it it you know it's a tough battle, and uh, and all of us who have gone through business have those scars, and nobody gets to go through it without having them. But a lot of people quit in the middle of them, and it sounds like you you got the muster and you were able to get in there and 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 fix it. And there will be more challenges to come. I mean. Today I was faced with a bunch of challenges and, but this podcast today is not going to be about my challenges. It's going to be, I had dinner tonight with a friend of mine and he's on the pot. He's been on the podcast, Britt Greenup and, um, lifelong friend. And, uh, he is actually going to start doing a podcast on, he started a home, um, home inspection company, but for years he's worked for, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's worked for factories and worked for companies. And, you know, he said, I've got an idea for a podcast for you. And and it actually hit really close to home after he said it. And it became an idea for for this podcast. And it, it's really, you know, I'm going to call this podcast the end of loyalty. And really what I mean is, is from companies. Now, there's an end of loyalty from employees to employers, too. But recently, some things have happened you know, from employers to affect him and, and consequently my wife. So to start with, you know, he, he said, you know, Mark, I've always, when I was growing up, I was taught to go to school, get grades so you could get a good job. When you get the good job, get your foot in the door, you know, do whatever it takes at the lower level so you can move up and move up and do a good job and prove yourself and come to work every day and work hard and be smart and smile and be a team player and you can move up the ladder. And so sometimes you move up the ladder and you move up. And then the next thing you know, they either shut the business down, downsize, uh, go to another city, sell the business, and then boom, you're starting over again somewhere else or even in the same company, but at a lower thing because they cut your they cut your job. And then next thing you know, same thing, new position, work hard, work hard, show up every day, we'll pay you. But if you keep your, you know, if you if you're really good, we'll give you more benefits and more money. And, you know, you'll get another chance to move up the ladder. Next thing you know, the ladder changes. They move to, you know, Pittsburgh or something and and you're out. Or they move your job overseas or shut it down. And he said, man, it's happened so many times that I'm just tired of it. Now, he does have his own side business, but it it's not enough at this point to, to you know, let go of the really good paying factory job. But that, that loyalty that businesses have they used to have are is really just it's gone pretty much and to that point you know my wife um worked for 32 years for a a very big accounting firm they're one of the biggest in the world they're ranked um top workplace in America every year and you know they did have great benefits and good camaraderie and then COVID comes around and and she's been working from home for quite a long time. And uh, so she works from home and that was a good deal for her. And, and she didn't like always missing all the people, but it was, it was good. 
Well, the vaccine comes along, and now they decide to force everybody to get the vaccine, and she works from home. She does not go into an office. She doesn't go anywhere, but she's a work-from-home person, and now she's forced to get the vaccine. And when she said she wasn't going to get the vaccine, they said, okay, well, see you later. Bye. I mean, and, and it was 32 years of dedication, 32 years of work, 32 years of, I think she might have missed five days in 32 years, every day, always performing, always working hard, even the work from home thing, which I thought was a joke. You know, she worked hard from home. And as soon as she wouldn't get the vaccine, like, it's like they did not even blink an eye. It's like 32 years See you later. Now, don't get me wrong. She likes being retired. She's enjoying it. And that was always the plan. But the lack of loyalty from the company, the lack of any give a shit was not there. They shipped her job over to India and it it was over. 32 years. uh, Bye. And so that was really what my, my friend was saying. So I did a little research on it. There's a book out called The End of Loyalty by Rick Wartzman. And it, and it, and he has a little bit of a podcast and it's the rise and fall of good jobs in America. And he kind of blames some of it on automation, globalization. Uh, but one of the big things is also maximizing shareholder value over the worker value. So the shareholders, what's best for the shareholders, uh, is more important than what's best for the workers. And my friend Britt was saying that his company, had like a $200 billion uh, revenue year. It's a big company, obviously. And they had no profit sharing, no profit sharing, $200 billion revenue, nothing for the workers. No, he, he said he got a $165 bonus and we were at dinner tonight and a tomahawk steak was $195. And so after taxes, he could buy half of a steak for working all year on a $200 billion company is unbelievable. So, uh, and then, you know, it's kind of, he said basically in the 70s and 80s, it it was kind of the end of the social contract where you come to work for a company and you work, you plan to work there your whole life. You work there for many, many years. You can have a pension. You can have a lot of things and we'll take care of you as a business. And that's just gone. That is not the case anymore. They got rid of pensions. They got rid of things for different monetary reasons. And uh, basically, you're on your own. And so, you know, it, it it shifted from it shifted from like the we mindset, like we are in this together. We're going to take care of you to an I mindset. And you you got to look out for yourself at all times now first. Well, that that reciprocates back to the employees. They have very little, you know, um, very little grip to a company, very little loyalty because they know things can change and they can be dropped at, at a heartbeat. And, you know, they used to have companies that if a company went through a downtime and had to lay people off, they were going to bring you back as soon as they could. They were going to get through the recession, get through the downturn. And your job was their their whole plan was to bring you back. And they were going to take care of you. And you're going to be with them a long time. And it was just a different mindset. And about in the 80s, he talks about um, they started laying people off and not bringing them back. 
They started laying him off and then just starting back, uh, keep going, but just put more more on people. And they started learning that they could be more profitable with less people. And so they just started to, you know, pile on to the people that, that, that didn't lay off or automate or off, you know, globalize the workforce to some other offshore thing. And they kind of stopped bringing people back. And now it's just a corporate raider, a corporate mentality to just try to do a lot more with a lot less people. And and so people then get burned out quicker. They have less loyalty to the place. And, you know, it's a, it's a problem. It's part of a bigger problem. And so that's kind of my rant, you know, just being pretty pissed that uh, my friend and my wife both are in a similar situation where people just did not, you know, the companies do not care. Now, I feel like I run a company that does care. But I can tell you that, you know, as I'm gone a lot, you know, uh, recently I've had to be gone a lot and, and I've been doing a lot of different things. But when I come back to the company, I got to make sure they know how much I care and how much it matters to me that they have a good job first. Now, I ha- I feel like as a as a business owner, I have to show loyalty first before they will show loyalty. I think it's a it's a rare day that somebody comes in super loyalty, but they don't feel it from me. So I always have to show it first. Whether they're loyal or not is that takes a lot of time. That takes a lot of uh, it, it's really time in the game and battles fought really helps you gain loyalty. And I've got a lot of loyal people and I am loyal to them, too. And, you know, when I talk to them, they remember back in the days when it was harder. They're like, man, these guys are soft today. It's so much easier. It was so much harder when w- the way we used to do it. And we focus and focus on making it better and better. And then it's easy. And then the guys who fought the battles look at the guys now as they have it easy. They have no idea what we went through to, to build the ship. And they're just riding on the top deck. You know, they've, they, you know, had to go through the years of the desert. And now they're delivered to the, you know, they're, the new guys are delivered to the promised land as my friend Tommy Nelms was talking to me tonight about it. But, you know, it was really, really eye opening. Um, uh, to listen to Brit and to, to listen to this uh, podcast about the end of loyalty. And and I I want to be the guy. I'd rather be burned by the employee than me burning them. I just would. I, I want to have that in my heart. I want to have that when I put my head on you know the pillow. I don't want to be burned. Don't get me wrong. But I don't want to be wrong either. I'd rather be wrong in the direction it being too good than being too stiff or too mean or getting rid of people. And today, uh, a little bit of a transition, you know, the, I'm on the CSI board and we were, we were um, interviewing for a new executive director and, you know, in front of, we had sit on a, a like a 10 hour zoom call. It was tough. Cause we uh, like, we had six candidates each for an hour and then 30 minutes between uh, each call. And, and it was a long day, but really great people, very high energy, very smart, very well-rounded. Every one of them was what could have done the job. And it was just an amazing thing to watch how creative people can be and how good people can be. But all of them 
we're ne- are never planning on being around too long. Like the lifespan of an exec- executive director is like, I think, five years. And to me, that seems surprising, but that's been about kind of the length of a, a lot of them. And and even them, you know, that's kind of what they're thinking. Come in for five years and, you know, do all you can and then move on to something else. And it just seems weird to me. I mean, I'm not wired that way. I've been in the chimney business 37 years. When I start a business, I try to stay in it for a long time. I, I, I try not to get out of it. When I start anything, I'm in it for a long time. I mean, I've been a director for CSI for, I think, 14 years now as a, as a volunteer. I think, you know, all the stuff I start, I've, I've been at it a long time and I'm just wired to be at it a long time. And I don't like bouncing around. I like starting new things, but I mean, it, I don't know. I just, I do feel loyalty to, to employees and to, you know, things I've started and, I just hate it when, you know, when it's affected, you know, friends, family and on that corporate mindset thing. Um, it's I think it's just the way it is. There's no actual turning back. It's not going to go back to the way it used to be. I think some companies want to focus on that. But the truth is, you know, when we have all the things in front of us and when you you may have a good life, but when you look at social media, you've got all these other temptations. And that's what I talked about. The 4000 weeks book was that no matter where you are in your life, there's so much input from everything else. You'll always feel like you're never you've never arrived and there's always something better on the horizon. And that's you know, that's a dangerous thing. It also makes people depressed. And, you know, if you always are looking at social media and and seeing people driving nice cars or living in life or always on vacation or always better jobs and whatever job you're in, if it sucks, you're like, well, I'm just here temporarily till I get something else. Then there's a there's a feeling that, you know, there's no there's not loyalty in that. And, um, you know, that's just a dangerous spot for for everybody. So I think, you know, for me. And and it's always a lesson. It's always something for me to learn to be to make sure I'm loyal first, because I just I think I have to be for it to go back the other way. And and, and as a company, you know, we talked about the uh, a couple of weeks ago when I was doing the, the on the sailboat. Uh, I thought I and it said sailboat part one. And I thought there was going to be a part two on Saturday night. We said, yeah, let's do another podcast. And that was supposed to be for last week. And um, nobody had the energy. <laughs> we were all too tired and we had too many drinks. We had to finish the drinks on the boat, which is always a challenge the last night because you always buy too much food and liquor. And then you're trying to eat, eat all everything on the boat and drink everything. So that was a bad plan to try to do a podcast on Saturday on part one. But and so there, part two is probably going to be next year on the next sailing trip. So wait for that one. But um, in that, in that, I had two guys, two of my friends that were had very loyal companies. They were the owners, and they had pretty big companies. And both of them were so loyal to their employees that they basically sold the company back to the employees, so that they, it paid them. Uh, above their wages, almost, you know, in an ownership capacity. 
And for me, that's that's what I want to try to do for my business too. I, I don't want there to be some company come in and and buy and just just change everything or piece out my business. I want to try to figure out a way that makes it good for the people who have spent the most time there, and it'll make me feel good about not being a corporate you know guy that just you know moves it off or sells it sells it and leaves everybody out there. Um, you know, just so I don't know. I, I don't I don't know if this totally makes sense. I just you know, the, the, the lack of what happened with the companies, uh, has just kind of sparked my, my, my podcast today. So with that said, several of the people today, you know, that we interviewed had jobs. They, they were coming from jobs. So one of my questions today was, why are you leaving the job? And there was there was a lot of mixed reasons. One of it was just family. Family moved, or we want to move family here, and I need to change jobs. Um, lot, some of them were, you know, I love the company I'm working for. It's just not paying me enough, or I, you know, I, I need a different opportunity. I've topped out, but I love the place, and it's going to be hard for me to to give them my notice and. Some people are saying it's just too contentious where we are. There's there's too many bad things happening, so they were leaving. So, you know, the six people that came to work for us, most of them kind of liked the company they were working for, and, and then the ones that were moving were due to some contention, but mostly like personal reasons to to move on. But almost none of them had worked any place longer than five years. They they you know it was all kind of a short kind of a short span and. You know, it's just that's just not how I've ever been. But that's just just the new normal. Uh, so to finish it out, I, I read another article and seven ways employers can show loyalty to. So uh, for the other side of, of this argument or of this rant, uh, and some of these were pretty interesting, I thought. So, um, you know, it says the essence of loyalty, you care about your staff. You want them to perform well, but what exceptional actions would you take to protect their interests? So number one, promote from within whenever possible. Avoid hiring outside talent unless there's no other option. Promoting from within and shifting existing staff into different roles tells them they aren't just expendable cogs. I agree with that to a degree. Sometimes you don't have someone internal to to drive where you've got to go because they've always been with you. They don't know how to do it either. And so I agree, though, with most positions, try to hire from within, if at all possible, or at least interview from within. Um, uh, so number two, downsize only as a last resort. Some employers let people go at the first sign of reduced profit. The message is that people will be discarded at will. If you do have to cut staff due to uh, unfixable, un, due to unfixably poor performance or a company crisis, downsize with dignity. Every remaining employee is watching for signs you respect them to the end. Three, hire friends and family of staff. Few things make a workplace more inviting than familiar, loving faces. So enable employees to recommend people they 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 they're close to for openings. Uh, there can be problems mixing family and friends at work, but it can also create loyalty with a staff that feels like part of a family. Number four, rehire former staff 
when appropriate. Holding grudges against good employees who leave is unproductive. They may return someday hoping to work for you again. Would you deny them because they once sought greener pastures? If they parted on positive terms and are still qualified, consider welcoming them back to the fold. It boosts morale all around. Now, I have a little bit different. <laughs> we say we don't hire retreads. I've tried people that to bring them back that left on good terms. They almost never worked. In fact, they never have worked long term. I don't have anybody here that I brought back from letting go that's with me long term. So that hasn't really worked out for me. It might work out for you, though. Number five, invest in employee training. This is big. Another approach to acting loyalty loyally is upgrading the skills and knowledge of staff. It says you are in this with them for the longer run. Part of this might be assisting them with personal career planning, tuition and conference reimbursement, in-house workshops, and mentoring count as well. Number six, stand behind your staff when they experience upheavals. Just like your firm, employees go through ups and downs. That may involve personal problems or performance issues. Do you wait for staff to fail before intervening? A more proactive, discreet involvement would be better. Assure the affected employee that they're valued despite their current situation. Work together to arrive at solutions. Giving them extra time or reduced load temporarily can make all the difference. Accommodating them and accommodating them if they've been ill or injured conveys empathy and patience. For sure, we've had to do that a bunch, and I will always do that. If if the employee's going through a bad season in their life or a bad time, uh, man, you, you got to stick it with them, stick it out with them. They now, if they can't recover from it, that's different. And some don't. Some will not come back up, but many will. Many will just go. I, one of my best technicians went through a crazy situation with a girlfriend. And I mean, it was messing with him so bad because she was crazy and he, he was just falling apart. He's one of my best people. And I, and he was before. And I knew if he would just get this person, well, a couple of my guys have actually done this, get them out of their life, get in a better home situation. You can be a lot, a better, better worker, better employee, but you know, uh, save yourself basically. Number seven, make health and safety a priority. Employers have a duty to protect their staff, yet some companies still try to cut corners on safety. Avoidable injuries may result. Talk about showing disdain for your people's well-being. Instead, try to try to be injury-free. Include procedures for maximizing for minimizing psychological harm too. Um, you know, protection against bullying, rudeness, physical threats, and sexual harassment. So, you know, and then last, it says create a virtuous circle. Loyalty to staff motivates engagement, which, which generates standout commitment from them, which makes you want to keep them even more. Employer loyalty is, is an actual competitive advantage. Devoted workers stay longer and are fonts for, of company knowledge. Their continuity enhances productivity and reduces disruption, which Actually is exactly what's happened in my company where I have a lot of long-term employees. So I have a lot of continuity. They have a lot of knowledge, which means I don't have to give it to them. And there's a lot less brain damage, you know, on my part to have long-term employees and show that. So 
I went to the end of loyalty back to being loyal because I think that's the only way we really can be as business owners, especially small business owners. That's the advantage of being a small business owner. We don't we don't respond to stock market or stock holders. We shareholders. We don't have all that kind of baggage over us. That's why you kind of don't want to get investors, why you kind of don't want to get partners sometimes because everybody has a different feel for it. I, I mean, for me. I do have businesses with partners, but, and th- those have worked out. They work out well now, but you know, if you're, if you need to be in control of your ship, you know, that's, that's how you have to do it. But I can tell you this, I, I'm backtracking a little bit. Partnerships can be great. I'm in a couple of them. I'm in one, especially that is very, very good. We are a great team. We all have different talents. We have different skill sets. And we, but, and we have different thoughts, but we have a really good respect for each other. And when we need to disagree or when we need to move forward, we have good, I don't know, we compromise well and we, we move forward. And, and it's an, it's a magic, it's a really magic type of partnership, which is rare. I've been in other partnerships and typically everybody doesn't work well. And in this case, uh, especially now, we, we are really all pulling, pulling the ship and, and it's a good thing. But, you know, my point is, I think, in, you know, even in that partnership, we have one employee, too, that we are showing loyalty to them. We are showing loyalty to her because she's been with us from the beginning when we were making all this stuff up to now it's much more of a serious thing. And, and there's benefits and 401ks and health insurance and better pay and and good hours and and a good team to work for so that's important to me it's it should be important to you as a business owner that's how we make things better for people you know one employee at a time and if you're an employee try to be loyal try to be try to be good try to be i mean back you know i'm telling you this my wife got crapped on but I don't think there's a better way. I think if you're not a good employee, it's not going to be a good time anyway. So wherever you are, give it your best. But always understand you may have to have an eye out for what what is best for you and be ready for be ready for movement. That's probably just the the word of the day that pretty much only thing guaranteed is change. And so it, it's probably coming for you at some point and don't be surprised when it happens. So. Guys, I hope you're having a good week. I hope you uh, I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or any place that you listen to podcasts. More information is also available at markstoner.com.